One man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi, it's Brian Timoney here and uh, welcome on to today's podcast. Now today I'm going to be talking about dual consciousness. Yes, I know it sounds deep and mysterious and complicated. Um, It's not really and it's actually a really important part of being able to act well. Now let me explain a little bit about what dual consciousness is. Um, In most acting schools, I guess, and a lot of maybe most acting teachers too, would probably tell you that When you're acting, you should be totally immersed in the character and that you should only see the world through their eyes and at all times. And you should never step out of character. You should never come to the point where it's just you and you become aware of you. Um, Now, that's a load of old rubbish. I know it's controversial. Um, uh, I know probably upset some people by saying that. But let me explain. It's actually impossible to become somebody else entirely. Um, if you did become somebody else entirely, you should probably be locked up because you probably, you know, your mental health would be under question, I guess, at that point, if you actually thought you were somebody else completely, 100%. So you're never, it's never a case of that you are 100% um, becoming um, character. You know, there's a large part of you in there. Um, in fact, I would argue it's all you, but it's just you're pulling certain aspects of your own personality forward to play certain characters. So here's the thing, is that we should always go into the acting process knowing that actually at times we will be thinking or seeing the world through our own consciousness, as in you, the actor, and sometimes we'll be seeing it through the character's um, point of view, through their lens. Um, Why is this important? Well, when somebody thinks that when they step out of character or when they start to be aware of themselves, that all the work has gone to pieces, then it causes a panic. It causes tension in the actor's instrument. Um, And and by the way, when I say the actor's instrument, I'm referring to your mind and your body, everything that we use as an actor to create our work, you know, different from a musician who has an external instrument. Our instrument is um, ourselves. So the last thing we want is any tension in that instrument and any sort of physical or mental tension. But what happens when somebody you know, becomes aware or thinks that they have stepped out of character is this panic that sets in, a mental panic. You know, They start thinking, oh my God, I shouldn't be thinking this way. I've stepped out of character. Um, I should stop. This is terrible. This is rubbish. What's going on? And then that, of course, manifests physically. So what we'll see is the um, the instrument of the actor, the body, the voice, um, everything starts to seize up. It starts to signal to the audience that they think there is something wrong, etc., etc. So the first thing um, to do in order to overcome this situation and to have no fear of this situation is to accept acceptance. Acceptance that you will, from time to time, step out of character and be aware of you and be conscious of how you're thinking about things as you're on stage or on set. And other times where you're seeing it completely through the lens of the character. And to be going in and out of both of those consciousnesses, if I can say that, um, is completely right and fine. And it's meant to happen. 
Now, what happens when you think this way is that when it does happen, you don't throw all your rattles out of the pram. You don't start thinking, oh my God, I've done something heinous and, um, and giving yourself a hard time and creating all this tension. And the second thing is the audience cannot read your mind. They can't suddenly see that you've started to see the world through your own point of view rather than the characters. So you have to basically just, you know, it's an internal experience you're having from their point of view. They're still seeing the character. Um, So here's the thing is that it's fine to work with both. And in some cases and a lot of occasions that you can actually, it can be really helpful to work from your point of view rather than from the character's point of view. Now, let me give you an example of that in case you doubt me here. Um, I was in an audition once and I was working with this actress and she was up for the female part in this scene. And we're, you know, we're in front of the director, we're starting to um, basically audition for the director and we're using this one particular scene. So we start reading through the scene and at one particular point I skipped a line and the actress I was working with noticed and general professional etiquette at that point is just to kind of ignore it, keep going um, and that'll be it. You know, you don't cause a big song and dance over the fact that, you know, a line has been dropped. But she did. So she created quite a fuss over this and said to the director, you know, oh, you know, he didn't say that line. And she was kind of going, oh, you know, what would we do? And there was a big deal about it. Anyway, the director said, look, let's go back to the beginning, do it again. Now, at that point, I'm thinking to myself, I cannot believe that she's just done that. I cannot believe she's done that. And I'm getting angry, I'm getting upset internally, of course, I'm not kind of showing this visibly to the director, but internally I'm having a a big internal dialogue about what she'd done. So rather than ignore that, I use it. So as it happened, the scene was, I was meant to be interrogating this um, actress um, who was playing uh, a sort of um, a, a victim and I was playing a police officer well she wasn't a victim she was under suspicion yeah it'd be pretty strange if I was interrogating a victim um, but she was under suspicion for a crime and I was the um, the detective if you like interrogating her and my god because I tapped into that experience that was really happening between us I really went for it. I really was able to interrogate her. I was really able to use it in that moment. And that was me using my own consciousness, not the characters. Of course, I fused it with the imaginary circumstances. So I fused it with the the situation that I was in. But I was using my own uh, experience. So um, another example of this... um, is um, the fact that, you know, often we find ourselves in situations where um, we we are meant to be alone in a room, for example. Maybe you're on set and uh, you're in this scene where you're meant to be alone, but actually there's loads of people standing around you and you're very aware that you're being watched, not by one person, but by many people. You know, and there's some guy standing over your head with a boom and the camera's in your face and... You know, there's guys, you know, standing around and girls standing around, you know, looking bored, waiting for, you know, action to be called. There's all this stuff that, you know, that's going on in front of you, but you're meant to be, you know, alone in this room. And um, how do you get past that? You know, how do you create the illusion that you're alone in the room? Well, the first step is that you've got to accept that you're not alone in the room. You have to accept the fact that actually there's other people in the room. 
watching you. Only then do you have a chance of um, creating the illusion. Because here, here's the reason why. If you do not accept the fact that there's other people watching you and all of this is going on round about you, then you get into this um, mental state where you're going, I've got to pretend there's nobody here. I've got to pretend there's nobody here. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. And there's a part of your unconscious going, listen, listen, mate, shut up. You know, they're there. There's other people here. It's like, don't pretend. I, I know. All right. So here's the thing is your unconscious is very smart. It's much smarter than the logical mind. So it knows whether there's somebody else in the room or not. Right. So you, what you don't want to get into is a fight with yourself, you know, so where you create tension. So if you get into the, the situation where you're going, no, there's nobody there and your unconscious is going, yes, they are there. Then that causes a mental tension that then manifests physically. It throws you off mentally. It makes it impossible to feel and think properly. It hinders the whole process. But if you are sitting there and you go, I'm meant to be alone, but actually there's... Um, people watching me and I accept that I accept that there's people watching me and I'm not, I'm not alone I accept that then you have the potential to move into this scene with the actor opposite um, with the, the feel and the possibility that you could create something intimate between the two of you and that is a big, big lesson here is that, um, and it, it causes so many problems for the actor. And it's mainly because, you know, the, um, the you know, especially in the UK, there's this, you know, sort of idea that you should leave all your problems at the stage door and, um, and pretend and get on with it. But only if it were that simple. Only if it were that simple. The mind is complicated and amazing. And we have to work with it in the best way that we know how. And scientifically, you know, it's, we know that the, how the mind works better now than we ever have. So, um, so don't fight with yourself. And also having dual consciousness is not a problem. It actually can add to the experience. It can actually improve you're acting rather than detract from it if you see it from that point of view. Now, it's counterintuitive, very counterintuitive, because like I say, most people, a lot of people out there are going to tell you, well, you know, don't think of it from one point, that point of view. Think of it, you know, you're only going to see it from the character's point of view. And here is the thing is that the method um, in the media, method acting, which is what I teach, um, always gets kind of, the media kind of portray it as if, these actors are, you know, remaining in character 24-7. They immerse themselves. They don't think about themselves and, they're, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not true. Yes, some of those actors stay in character because they find it easy, you know, during a shoot because they find it easier not to try and get in and out of character during the day. It's a bit easier for them to stay in character. But let me tell you, they're fully aware of this dual consciousness and they're using it. Not only that, they're using it. So, um, so there's, there's a, a, I think a very important, um, sort of way of thinking when it comes to acting that you can apply to your acting immediately really and, and see what happens. So next time you're doing a scene, uh, you know, even deliberately, you know, see it from your point of view and go through it as a rehearsal, you know, just for the hell of it, see what happens. And then, you know, try and see it from the character's point of view, then try and see it from both points of view as you go through it. You know, because you'll be aware of maybe stepping in or stepping out of of character. 
anyway, there we go. That's my thought for the day. Um, and um, I look forward to speaking to you on the next one. See you then. You've been listening to Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For a full transcript of today's show, go to www.worldofacting.com. We'll see you next time.